Scofflaws is a show about the history of crime, criminals, and the investigation thereof. There may be discussion of adult themes and generally icky stuff. Also, neither host is a legal professional, and this show does not contain any legal advice. Remember, crime doesn't pay. Unless you're really good at it. Welcome to the Scofflaws, the history of law and disorder. My name is Sean, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Kate. Say hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Oh, boy. Um, what internet, wonderful internet issues we've been having lately, haven't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a thing. Yeah, it has been. Oh, man. Uh, wow, I don't have anything weird or new for today. Oh, oh, I know what I could talk about. I know what I could talk about. Oh, goodness. Kate and I were invited to a bad movie night this weekend. Kate couldn't go, but I did. Oh, yes. I uh, I got one, a lot of uh, information from one of, our, uh, one of our mutual friends about this. Did they tell you about the wondrous, awful creation that is Velocipaster? Yes, from I heard about it from two people. <laughs> I it if you haven't seen Velocipaster, you really should, and make sure you see it with at least five other good friends, because it's only good to make fun of. I'm not gonna spoil any. Well, I don't think there's really anything you can spoil about it, because the the plot is in the name of it. It's a pest that turns into a Velociraptor. He fights crime with a hooker. Oh, God. I didn't know that part. But the opening scene of it is... It's supposed to be a car on fire, but instead of having a car on fire, an effect that Adobe After Effects gives you for free, they have a placeholder that says, VFX, car on fire. And they cut back to it. Oh, yes. Three times. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think that might actually be our uh, episode uh, image this time. Is just that screen grab. Sure. You decide those things anyway. Yeah. I certainly do. Also, I want to shout something out before we get started with our content. Uh, friends, do us a favor. Well, favor or, you know, if you like sci-fi and things like that, go check out the Otherworld Theater podcast. Uh, it's a podcast that's done by the Otherworld Theater Company, which is Chicago's only sci-fi theater company. And they've been doing a reading series where writers get five days to write a five-page story about a topic that gets pulled every month. And I'm one of the readers at it, so like, if you like my voice, but you want to hear it in really top quality sound because they use really fancy recording equipment um you can hear that and there's some really good writers and some really good stories so go take a listen and that's my plug for the day cool 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 cool, cool. kind of felt like a sideways dig at me but cool 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 <laughs> why was it a sideways dig at you 
Because I edit this shit. Oh no, but their mic, the the mic that Ansel uses is like four hundred dollars. Mine's fifty. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Ansel also is the voice that you hear at the start of every episode. Yeah, he's the curator for the for the event. He also you can find him at the Starlight Radio Dreams podcast. That's where he's most often found. That's a fun one to listen to. I really enjoy that one. I've I've listened to it too. Uh, we have actually a lot of good friends who are on that podcast. Um, Kate is the knight. Kate is vengeance. Kate is Batman right now. Oh, <laughs> I forgot my video was on. <laughs> I'm just killing time because right now my internet's not working right, so I can't do a Florida Man watch. We can put so, Florida Man in later. Yeah. All right. Insert insert Florida Man here. <laughs> oh. All right. What what are we talking about today? Uh, we are doing part one of our part two. Take it again. <laughs> We're doing part one of our two part series on everyone's favorite crime duo, Bonnie and Clyde. I love it. The only real thing I know about Bonnie and Clyde is, one, they robbed banks, and two, they're famous enough that Fallout New Vegas had a parody of them. Hmm, I didn't know that last one. <laughs> well, it's it's based in, like, the, the Las Vegas area, and one of the little towns you go to has a museum set up to a Bonnie and Clyde ripoff. Oh, there's a real Bonnie and Clyde museum. All right, I didn't know that either. Let's uh, let's get into Bonnie and Clyde then. I particularly love them. I did my uh, thesis, my graduation undergrad thesis on like creating an exhibit around them because I think they're so cool. Uh, So we'll just start from... The beginning. Always a good uh, place to start. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, Bonnie and Clyde, for those of you who may not be aware, were actually real people. Bonnie Parker was born in Rowena, Texas, and Clyde Chestnut Barrow was born in Teleco, Texas. So, they're both from Texas. Take a moment. Chestnut Barrow. Oh, excuse me. It's Clyde Champion Barrow. Champion. Okay. Because this kid really would have gotten beaten up for being Chestnut Barrow. I'm almost positive it was Chestnut, or it might have been his brother's middle name. Still, someone named a child Chestnut. The authority should have been called. (laughs) It's like naming a child Seven. Well, yeah, but like, oh, it is Clyde Chestnut Barrow. Okay, enough ragging on his name. Yes. So they were both born in Texas, and... (laughs) They they were both born in Texas. I'm going to start with Bonnie first. So Bonnie lived kind of a normal life. So before she met Clyde, she was... She was a waitress. And, yeah, she was married. 
when she ran away with Clyde. Her husband's name was Ray Thornton. What a generic name. Oh, very generic. Um, Basically, Ray was in prison. No wonder she fell for the first guy named Chestnut she saw. (laughs) His middle name was Chestnut. It doesn't matter. It's still in there. It matters a lot. So basically, what happened was they met in Texas in January 1930. Bonnie was 19 at the time, and Clyde was 21. So wait, hold on. She was 19 and already married. She got married at 15. Okay, 1930s. Texas in the 20s. Yeah. Not passing judgment, 1930s. <laughs> yep, that's exactly how, how you should react. Uh, so Clyde was born to poor subsistence farmers in Texas, and he wanted to be just like Billy the Kid. As do, as do a lot of young Texan children. Yes, he wanted to be a famous outlaw. Bonnie wanted to be a famous movie star. Oh, Clyde, you were just about... Oh, what, about 80 years too late? I'm not doing the math right now, but sort of. Sort of, kind of, (laughs) in that range. Can't prove me wrong, because we're lazy. (laughs) And both of our internets are slowing down. Yeah. So, Clyde and Bonnie met in 1930. Uh, Clyde was then arrested on burglary and sent to jail, jail with his brother, uh, who was part of the Barrow gang. Okay, so they've both done time. Yep. Uh, and Clyde ended up escaping. And you want to know how he did it? Oh, I'm I'm on tender hooks. Let's hear it. He used a gun that Bonnie smuggled into the prison. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yes. He was recaptured, though. After after he escaped, but he was paroled in 1932. Wow, how squeaky clean do you have to be to get paroled after a successful escape attempt? Well, there's less that the state had to pay for, so I think they just let him go. You're too much trouble. Just get out of here. Bonnie and Clyde started their adventures together in 1932. And they were... Involved in a lot of crime. Not just bank robbery. Alright, that's the famous one. What else did they do? Bonnie and Clyde were on, like, were charged with automobile theft because Clyde was a a really good driver. Alright, real good driver, didn't like using his own cars. Exactly. Well, they were expensive. And they were, to give kind of an overview... When they were killed in 1934, so they only lived two years after they started their crime spree. That's important. We'll only talk more about years. their death next time. Yeah, we'll okay. talk more about their death next time. But they were um, said to have been involved with 13 murders, several robberies and burger- burglaries, and a lot of obstructions of justice. If this were a horror movie, those 13 murders would be a lot more significant. Yes. So, they created a gang in 1932, starting with Raymond Hamilton. 
who is later replaced with William Daniel Jones. All right. Um, and then they were joined up by Buck Barrow, which is Clyde's brother, after being released from state prison. Buck Barrow. Oh, his his full name was Ivan. Ivan Buck Barrow. Mm-hmm. He was he was granted a full pardon by the governor and came, went back to a life of crime. Well, of course the governor granted him a pardon. He stuck with that awful fucking nickname. <laughs> And uh, as soon as he was pardoned, he went and joined Clyde and Bonnie and their accomplice and drug his wife, Blanche, along. Blanche, get in the car, robbing a bank. Well, and Blanche was like a super religious woman. Oh, no. Like, yeah, well, Bible Belt. Yeah. Yep. That, That is the southern end of it, but that is still Bible Belt land. Yep. So... Uh, things started getting a little heated for the Bonnie and Clyde group. The police were starting to catch up with them, which is a little sketchy. Nope, especially if you're dragging along a lead weight of someone who's screaming about sin. (laughs) Um, the FBI had been tailing them since 32, uh, and in late... December 1932, they found a single piece of evidence that led them to be able to find Clyde and Bonnie and bring them to what they thought was justice. To justice with air quotes. But hold on. So let me back up here. So you said it was significant that it was two years they were active and they were gunned down in 34. So the FBI was on them from jump? Yeah, well, Clyde already had a record. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, but it took them two years with being on them from jump to find one piece of evidence to find them? Sort of. They kept out the... So, Clyde kept out running them. I say Clyde specifically because he was always the one driving. All right, so if this were an action movie, he'd be the one being played by Vin Diesel or... Oh, uh, what's the British one? Jason Statham? Is that a reference to the new... Fast movie coming out? Uh, Vin Diesel, maybe. Jason Statham uh, has done other movies where he is a badass driver character. But isn't he in that movie that's coming out with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson? That's a Fast and Furious movie? It's called Something in Hobbs? Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. But I'm going to let you in on a secret, Kate. I haven't given a shit about Fast and Furious since the second movie. Oh... That's one franchise I followed as a teenager. I I went I went to like the third movie with like that friend that nobody likes in high school, but you hang out with him. Oh god, but Tokyo Drift was the worst one. <laughs> it also it, yeah, it also just soured me on the whole franchise. Well, anyway, um to give you kind of a scope as to how far Bonnie and Clyde traveled throughout their adventures. They started in Texas, and their car ended up in Michigan at one point. Michigan. So they went the whole south to north. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. That's some distance. And in that time, uh, Grand Theft Auto, murder, and various larcenies. Exactly. 
So they covered the whole Midwest, and this was their their crimes were particularly stressful for the Bureau of Investi- Investigation, which was what the FBI was called before it was the FBI. There's actually records of J. Edgar Hoover trying to hush down the story, and because Bonnie and Clyde were seen as these Robin Hood characters, Clyde really believed he was stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. When really, he was just stealing whatever car was along the way, and hey, banks have money. Exactly. The Bureau of Investigation wasn't really too pleased with everyone. No, I, I can see why not. Did, did they actually give to the poor in any way, or was that just the fantasy they had? They did a little bit. They they gave some... They basically to the people that they saw, but Clyde used a lot of it to make Bonnie look prettier. Bonnie was beautiful. Like, people were styling their hair to look like her and were dressing like her, but... He, like, bought her nice clothes and things like that. Notorious bandit and fashion mogul. Exactly. So, to leave it at a bit of a cliffhanger, the reason that the Bureau of Investigation was able to start tailing Bonnie and Clyde was that they found a vehicle that had been abandoned near Jackson, Michigan of that year, in September of 1932. And... Another car that was stolen in Illinois had been abandoned there. And when they searched the car that had been stolen in Illinois, they could tell it was occupied by both a man and a woman. Okay, and four other people? Nope, just a man and a woman. Well, this was before, this was before the group. Okay. This is right before they got their accomplices. Okay. They saw that a man and a woman had occupied this car because of the things that were left in it. And they found a prescription bottle, which led agents to a drugstore in Texas. And the investigation led the, or was led to believe by the pharmacist that it was a prescription for Clyde Barrow's aunt. Ah... And that's how they traced it back. Gotcha. Okay, so that's how they, they try. And this is right before they got their posse together. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is the actual thing that I'll leave it on. On May 20th, 1933, the United States Commissioner at Dallas, Texas, issued a warrant against Clyde Barrow and Bonnie Parker, charging them with interstate transportation from Dallas to Oklahoma of the automobile that was stolen in Illinois. All right. And then we'll pick it up uh, next week, so you'll have to tune back in. I don't know why I said tune in. You don't tune in podcasts. You download them. I don't know. Is there a better way to phrase that? Sure. I mean, tune in is fine. It's ubiquitous still. Yeah. Like, don't adjust your dial, even though TVs haven't had dials for, what, like almost 100 years? No, not even close, Sean. <laughs> TVs okay, had almost... dials after both you and I were born. <laughs> there were dials on TVs in the 90s. Were there? I don't yes, remember that. I had one. 
But was the TV made in the 90s? I don't know. I was a child. I just remember having a TV with a dial. Well, I do too, but that TV was from the 70s. Either way, okay. I've disproven my point. We can still say... Quiet. Willie agrees with me. <laughs> Touch. Touch. Good boy. Jesus Christ! Hang on. Okay. Here we are, waiting for Kate to calm down her dog. Nope. Stay. Okay, we're back. S sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Is your internet working enough for Florida Man? Uh, what? Is your internet working enough for Florida Man? Uh, let's see. Um... Oh, it might be. We might have something. What? Okay. Here's one that I can get with the limited amount of internet I have available to me. Here's our Florida Man alert. Florida Man breaks into home, cooks breakfast, tells owner, go back to sleep. Okay. The article is inconclusive as to whether he was making breakfast for himself or the homeowner. Wow. With Florida Man, either one is possible. That's very true. Also, it's quite possible the breakfast involved beer in some way. I think you're thinking of Wisconsin Man. Okay, yep, yeah, fair enough. All right. So yeah, uh, again, we'll uh, we'll pick up on Bonnie and Clyde uh, next week. So be sure to uh, check in on that episode. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can uh, always check for updates from us on our website, scofflawspodcast.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook at Scofflaws, a history of law and disorder. Uh, on Twitter at uh, at scofflawscast. Uh, on our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash scofflawspodcast. And something I keep forgetting to, to say is uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps with the way that – well, sorry, back that up. Leave a five-star review, including something that's actually a review and not just clicking the five-star. The way that iTunes algorithm works, uh, that really helps get the, the word out and gets the, the podcast more visible to people. And we appreciate it. We can see those. Yes, we can. We have one nice five-star review. Yeah, we have one, one lonely, nice five-star review. It's so lonely. Please give it company. Give it friends. It's not a hermit, I promise. Right now, it just it goes to kick a ball and sad music plays. It's so depressing. <laughs> ah, kilt. The best thing to get listeners. <laughs> I heard kilt. Not guilt. Kilt's guilt. I mean, kilts are cool. Yeah. Either way, um, I think we're about wrapped up. Uh, given what we're doing here with Bonnie and Clyde, I am pulling up a 
dumb law from Texas. Okie dokie. Let's see here. Okay, here we go. Up to a felony uh-huh. charge, up to a felony charge, can be levied for promoting the use of or owning more than six dildos. Damn, Texas, you don't want people to have fun. <laughs> six is just too many dildos. We're There's cutting no you such off. thing. There's no such thing. Welcome to Scofflaws, the internet's premier pro-dildo podcast. We are sex positive on this podcast, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. Um, It's also listed on here as an obscene device, which I think is just an awesome bad name. I don't agree with that. You don't like the bad name obscene? How about uh, album title, Obscene Device or Obscene Devices? Sure. Sounds like the name for our next uh, grunge rock band. All right, I'll take it. And with that, this has been the Scofflaws, History of Blonde Disorder. Uh, my name is Sean, and this has been my co-host, Kate. Say bye, Kate. Bye, Kate.